Amen. You may be seated. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce to you to a dear friend of mine. You know, when we were, I mean, we, in, in the, right at Ignite Camp, can we say that we did, we danced like David danced? Can we say, can we say that was, that was it? That was it? We danced like David danced? I mean, us, more classical youth, we, we threw down. We threw down. You know, we had to take 30,000 naps afterwards, but hey, we had a blast. And one of the things that we did at camp was, you know, we had times to, there was devotional times. You know, I listened to some great, great speakers, but when it was Daniel's turn, they had me in a leadership meeting, so I didn't get a chance to listen to, and they tell me he's the bomb, you know, so I'm sure of that. So I'm going to ask Daniel Leatherwood to come over here. Let's give him a Skyland welcome. And brother, man, just share. <laughs> Be free, Thank man. You, sir. Love you, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hello, my name is Daniel Leatherwood. Um, I am from Coweta Community Church, about an hour that way. Um, we, um, I had the privilege of meeting Pastor Jose um, about a year ago, uh, he came down. Uh, we host a winter Ignite camp um, during the Martin Luther King holiday. Um, we invite five, five churches over to our church. We have host homes. Um, we send everybody out. Um, we come back in and have days of just uh, praising God, learning, growing, and then an opportunity to serve in our communities. Um, and it was during that time that I got to talk to Pastor Jose and get to know him. And then down at our summer camp, we had a week together. Um, so the adults are there with the youth. We go through the same things. We don't play the games that they play, thank goodness, because um, I would have been more sore from that than anything else, than the dancing and the, and the praise and worship and everything else. Um, but uh, Pastor Jose invited us up. Um, and I was praying on what um, God wanted to share, what um, message that he wanted to get across. And something that's both on my wife's heart and my heart um, is unity. Um, unity in our body, um, especially now with so many things that are going on in our own country, um, and especially in the body of Christ. Um, we have so much division, um, and I really feel that uh, the Holy Spirit is focusing on unity that there are more strifes, more arguments, more division in our own churches than there are in our political arenas, in our schools, in everywhere else. We have people that get angry and get upset over small things that we don't need to get upset over. And we build a fence and we build up this bitterness and this wall within our heart that we say, God, you can't come in here because this person has wronged me. They've done something to me that has gone beyond what you did on the cross, that they've hurt me, and so now they must make amends for that. What was done on the cross was not good enough. They need to make amends. Um, so if you don't mind flipping to um, Romans chapter 5. Um, we're going to read for just a minute there. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also ob ob obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Jesus died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, how much more now that we are reconciled to him shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And that was what, that was what hit me. And I asked God, like, why, why are you having to say this to the Romans? Why are you having to go into the church at Rome to Christians and tell them this, remind them of this fact that one of, the, one of those basic principles that the church is built on, right? That Jesus died for our sins. While, while we were sinners, Jesus died for our sins to make a way for us to have a relationship with him. And this is something that I didn't know much about and had to do some research on, but the church in Rome had a, a um, time where the Jewish Christians, the Jews that believed in Jesus, were told by Caesar to leave. They had to leave. All the Jews had to leave. So those that were born in Rome that were Christians stayed. And after a period of time, these Jewish believers came back in. And so now they have division amongst the church that, that they are with. They have those that are coming in saying, well, you're not circumcised and you're not holding these certain holy days that are supposed to be holy and you're not doing these certain things that are supposed to be done. And then you have these other believers that are coming from a different path, a different lifestyle that have come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and they're saying, but we're saved by faith. What, what, what good is circumcision? What good is the law? What good are these things if I'm not saved by faith? If I now have to do something in order to receive God's goodness? God saved me when I was still doing all the wrong things. So there was this division amongst the church in Rome. And Paul is having to come in and address these issues and say this division. God gave you reconciliation. He reconciled us to him while we were still sinners, while we were still doing the very thing, saying crucify him, he deserves to die. He came and died for us. So now how much more do we give out reconciliation to those around us, to our fellow believers, to the very people that Christ died for? And it was in really where the Holy Spirit kind of hit me this, these past couple of weeks of like, hey, these are, these, these are things that you need to do in your life too. You know, like just, we all have areas that we need to work on. We all have, have things. And it was a great example that Pastor Jose gave that 
It can be those small things, pulling out in traffic and somebody cutting you off or doing something that naturally in our, in our flesh, right? Our, our flesh wants justice. We want something to happen now. Like, police, where are you at? Pull him over now. Blow out his tire. I mean, we, we want something. We want to see justice happen at that moment, right? But when it's within our own lives, we want grace and mercy. We want understanding. We want people to listen to us and say, well, hold on. I was really trying to get somewhere. Or that's my kid just as much as it is your kid that's, that's there. We have these things that come up that we want, the enemy really wants bitterness and resentment to, built up, to be built up inside of us. Because it's then in those moments that we just push it down. We don't talk about it. We don't say, we don't actually give forgiveness out. I forgive you for that. I don't hold you accountable for it. You are innocent. You have nothing that you owe me. We don't want to give that out to people. We want to hold on to it so that later we can feel justified by something else. Well, I did something good. You know, when this happened, I was doing something right. So now I feel good about it. But that's just in our flesh. And that's going to lead nowhere. That's going to lead to death. That is, that is going to lead to bitterness and to separation with those around us. And in Ephesians 4... If you don't mind flipping over to Ephesians 4 with me real quick. We're looking at verses 1 through 6. Therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, sorry, therefore I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And that's where it, it hits home with me that in the body of Christ, we so many times want to take outlier issues and make them big issues. Did you see that person get up and dance? Oh, that wasn't right to get, oh, they were just bawling on the floor. Oh, that. And we build up a fence inside of our heart. We build up bitterness inside of us because of these things that are happening. And then we don't want to talk to that person. We don't want to pray for that person. I don't want to sit next to you at church. Oh, they came over and sat at my table where I was eating. Oh, why did they do that? Oh, did you see that person come in dirty? That, that, that person smelled funny. This is the, we, we, we take these little things and we build up a fence. They parked in my parking spot. How dare they do that? I got to walk 10 extra feet to get to church today. You know, I'm, we, but, it's, but it's true. We take these tiny things and we build up a fence. We build up bitterness inside of ourselves for our fellow believers. And this is the place that people are supposed to come to receive reconciliation, to receive forgiveness, to be loved on. Just as God forgave us and loved us and gave us reconciliation, that's what we're supposed to pour out to everybody else around us. And I know that there are times that 
people do wrong things to us and we want these things to happen, we want justice to happen, but if, if we believe, if we believe that the word of God is true, he tells us we are to pray for our enemies. We are to love our enemies. So every single time someone, the, the top person, and, and this is what hit, hit me, the top person on my prayer list should be the person that my flesh wants to jump out at. I should be praying for them because 99% of the time, whatever is going on is beyond the surface level. When someone is upset about something, there is something deeper going on that God needs to work on. And me reacting out of my flesh isn't going to help anything. The best thing I can do is get on my knees and pray to God because he can reach and touch and do so much more than my simple little words and actions can do. He can change a heart of stone in an instant. He can turn people that are bitter into joy in an instant. And I've seen that work in people's lives. And that's where we hear it so many times. We hear it so many times that we're to love one another, we're to forgive, but when we, when we take those things and we look at it and say, me choosing not to forgive right now is looking Jesus square in the face and saying, what you did on the cross was not enough. It takes a whole new meaning. It changes how we look at it. That, that unity, we have to have forgiveness for one another. For everyone around us. He gave us forgiveness so that we can freely forgive. We can give that out freely. Because there's a reason for that. There's so many times that people, and we've all heard it, that when I choose to get mad at someone and build up resentment and bitterness, I'm drinking poison. There's a reason that we all hear that. You're, I'm, I'm hurting myself more than someone else. Because it's true. <laughs> when we don't give forgiveness... We are choosing to break that relationship with God at that moment and say, I can't walk next to you, God. I can't walk in what you're doing because I have to step out here and let this person worship me and bring sacrifice to me because I'm really worthy of praise, of glory, of things coming to me. Instead of saying, God, whatever was done, is between them and you. I, it, it, it was not me. Because we've, we've seen people have arguments and get mad at inanimate objects. People scream at their TVs when they, when they don't work. People scream at their cell phones when the thing freezes up. People get all hot and bothered when the car won't start and something happens. They will, they will unleash something that is pent up deep within at an inanimate object. So me being a person, just because I stepped out and said something, did something, whatever happened, and this person releases this that's been built up on the inside, they're not sinning against me. They're not sinning against you. They're sinning against God. And so we can just say, God, forgive them. Lord, please protect them. Reach them. There is something going on deeper, God, inside of them. Heal them. Touch them. Holy Spirit, Break through that bitterness. Break through that anger. Get to the resentment. You start praying for them, and then you have a heart for them at that moment. And it changes how you see that situation and what you do in that moment. The words that you then say, 
that these people around you are brothers and sisters in Christ, that we then can say, let me help you. Let me come alongside you and let's figure out how we can pursue the Lord better. How can I help you when you're weak and how can you help me when I'm weak? Because there are times when we're all weak. But it's just at that moment that Christ came and died for every single one of us. And I know that in my own heart, um, there, was this, there was this book that in this small little church group that we read called Forgiving Forward. And it talks about that there is a table that we can come and sit to where we have fellowship with God. And we can choose whenever we want to to come sit at that table and have fellowship. And whether anyone else comes to that table is not on us. What's on us is for us to choose to come to that table and to have fellowship with God. But to do that, we've got to forgive others. We've got to be humble. We have got to lay all these things down and come to that table to fellowship with Christ. And whether the other person comes or not is not upon us. It's, it's not up to us to save that other person. That's what Jesus did. <laughs> and so we have to let him, he's a, he's a much better God than I am, <laughs> than any of us are. The Holy Spirit can do so much better than what we can. And so when we turn that over and say, God, I know that they, they did these things and it hurts me. It, it pains me, but God, I give it over to you. Help me to forgive them. Help me to lay it down, God. Help me to give these things up, the bitterness, the, the things that I want to see justice happen, God. I want mercy, God. Have mercy on them, God. Come in, move in their life, God. Move in their situations. Change the things that they can see that you are God, that they can see their need for you, and they will turn from what they're doing and turn to you. And then things change. I've seen things. I've seen people that... I couldn't have two words with, with, with this person without someone getting mad and yelling and hanging up or storming out of the room or slamming down the phone or doing something. And, it, and when we went through this study, sat down and said, all right, God, I don't know how this looks. I don't know what to do, God. I just know that I feel hurt and I feel wounded and I need you to heal this. And I started just praying for that person the way that I would want someone to pray for me. I started praying for that person. God, have mercy on them. God, move in their lives. God, bring them closer to you. God, let them sit down and pray and feel your presence. That they would feel the weight of your glory and know that you are near. I started just praying for them. Weeping for them. Laughing for them. Joy for them. And a crazy thing happened this person started changing the way they interacted with me. They were polite. They were gentle. They could sit down and have a conversation with me and walk away smiling. God started moving in their life. And I didn't have to say a word. I didn't have to come up to them and say, hey, you see this issue you need to fix. God, do it. Do it, God, however you want to do it. You know how it needs to be done, God. You know how it needs to be worked out. Do it, God. And I know there are big issues. There are big things that people have that go on inside of their life that it seems like I can't forgive this person. In this, in this book that we read, 
there was a person who was a Holocaust survivor. And he walked up to the, to the uh, pastor, to the person that wrote this book, and said, are you telling me I'm supposed to forgive the person that locked up my family, that killed them all, that starved me for weeks upon weeks upon weeks and would beat me and would do drug tests on me and would torture me? I'm supposed to forgive them? And the pastor looked, at, looked right at the guy and said, didn't Jesus die for him? Didn't Jesus cover him in his blood? Didn't Jesus give him forgiveness? How much more are we to say that even when these things happen, there's freedom. There can be joy. There can be peace. And this very gentleman in this, in this book prayed with the pastor, started praying for the, for, the, for the person, for the people that did all these things. And he said within the next couple of nights, he had a full night's sleep that he hadn't had in 40 years. Because he was able to give a weight off of himself over to Jesus and say, I know these things happen, but God, I trust you. God, I believe in you. God, I know that you can do miracles and you can do things. And so I can rest this at your feet and say, it's yours. And I can walk away and say, God, I trust you with it. And any time that my flesh wants to come back and check on it, I can say, God, help me not to do that. God, help me. And that's where that brother and sister that I can pull alongside, hey, I'm getting weak. I want to go in and check and see how God's dealing with that. They can say, he is good. He is good. He is looking out for you. He is good. He will not leave you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you until the end of the age. Okay, thank you. All right, good, good. I'm, he's, he's, he's got it covered. And I can leave it alone. And I can walk away. And then that can be something that the enemy cannot use against anyone else around me. That very thing that he wanted to be a weapon for my destruction, I can now share with the people around me. The people that are going through pain and suffering and bitterness and unforgiveness. And I can say, there is joy. There is peace. You can lay it down. When people hurt you, when people have wounded you, you can lay it down at his feet. And he will take care of it. It may seem like it's impossible. How can I do this? This person that I loved and trusted, they betrayed me. Jesus knows. He's been there. He understands. And he's good. And he's faithful. And he can help you to be strong in those situations. He can help you to be humble and meek in those situations. And he can help you be quiet and stand there and give you inner strength when this person, something is going on and you can look beyond the anger and the bitterness that is coming out. And you can be that peace in the storm and say, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Even if that person was in the wrong, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is what went on. I'll pray for the situation. That is not my heart to do that. I, I never meant for that to happen. And that's how those things can start to change. And it can change in an instant. 
just like the storm that is going on on the sea and all the disciples are freaking out. They're all, ah, we're going to die. We're gonna... Jesus is sleeping. We're going to die. There's a storm. He's calm and peace because he knows what's going to happen. He knows the power and the authority and he knows who he is. And we can have that same in the storm and everything else that is going on of going, I know this God that came and died for me. He took all of this so that I wouldn't have to hold it. And then we can relax in it and trust him in who he is and what is going on. Um, so if it's, if it's all right, um, the prayer and ministry team, um, if they wouldn't mind coming forward, I would, I would like to open up that if you feel like that there are areas in your life where you feel like something has happened and it just seems too big to give over, now is a great time to come and to lay it down at Jesus' feet and say, God, this is the situation. And to ask for forgiveness, to give forgiveness, to say, God, I want to be bitter, but I know that you are greater than this. You can handle this situation. God, I feel like this person is lost and they have wronged me. But God, you are bigger. You go after that prodigal. You go after the one. God, you heal. You mend broken hearts, God. You work through those hard, stone, stony hearts. And you can make them hearts of flesh again and make them beat. You can take those that don't want to have anything to do with church or talk to you, and God can change it in an instant. And this is a great time. There is no, there is as such a time as this that we can lay it down. And so if, if you want prayer, um, please come to the front. You can get prayer. You can lay it down. You can get that weight lifted up.